0: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast. Bill Rossetti back with you guys. It is Friday, February 15th. Hope you guys had have had a good weekend. For those of you that celebrate, I hope you have had a good Valentine's Day yesterday. Uh if not, hope you guys had a good Thursday. Uh, but nonetheless, hope, hope you guys are doing well. We're back to wrap up the week here in the in, in the locked on community. I guess we'll say that was a kind of a bad segue there, but that that's all right. We're ending the week on a quote unquote high note. But uh, we're here. We're gonna continue our series. We're gonna look at the uh, 2019 contracts for the defensive line as we're rolling through there. And we'll also mention quick the uh, big story that happened in the NFL and give a shout out to uh, fellow Locked On hosts. If you guys have been following the NFL, I think you have an idea what big news I am referring to from uh, earlier this week. Actually, yesterday, I believe it was, or, or Wednesday. One, one of the two. I'm already, already getting my days mixed up, but uh, n- nonetheless, we'll touch on that trade quick but let's jump into it let's look at the defensive line contracts at least the players that are currently under contract for 2019 and what their capital. A reminder you know if you haven't been following the podcast or following the series or if you're new i'm basically just looking at a bunch of the players at the different positions what their cap number is you know give you guys an idea where their contract stands as far as uh the upcoming season goes, and then maybe touching on free agents and draft prospects that are possibly available. So we've made, so we've already covered uh, the offense. So if you want to go back in the last few episodes, over the last couple weeks, and listen to the offense, now we're getting into the defense. We'll start with defensive end. Uh, three players listed here, and I'm using I, I use a mix between spot rack and over the cap. Uh, But right now I'm looking at the list they have on spot rack starting at the defensive end position and the biggest cap hit going into 2019 is Mario Addison Who is set to count? Just under ten million dollars against the cap. Uh, He has a six and a half six and a half million dollar uh, salary Or yeah, he's owed Six and a half million in salary. Uh, he's got his prorated signing bonus of about two and two million dollars, so you know two point two or two point six six million. Uh, he's got a five hundred thousand dollar roster bonus and a workout bonus of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Uh, not not that they're gonna, not that they're going to cut him, but you know if they were to. Uh, Addison would leave about four point six million in dead money, but it would save about six million in cap space. But again, I don't really see, uh, don't really see him being cut. Actually, actually, if you look at uh, over the cap, they have his uh, prorated bonus a little bit bigger, about three point one million dollars. But nonetheless, so it kind of averages out to about. Uh, three million dollars in prorated prorated signing bonus. So, but either way, it's it's about ten million dollars, which is about five and a half percent of the total cap. And again, the we're using the projected cap of about one hundred ninety million dollars. million actually. SpotRack has adjusted salary cap. because Again, we don't have the official salary cap, but $191.5 million is the adjusted salary cap that uh, SpotRack has, whereas over the cap is projecting them at about $192.5 million million in projected salary cap. It also includes about $2.5 million in rollover from 2018 so right now they have about uh and and this is where you also have to figure what i'll just mention this real quick too uh you'll see on some of these sites to two different cap number or two different numbers for cap space one for all the players and one for the top 51. Because remember when you get into the off season, the NFL uses the top 51 rule. And that means the top 51 contracts or top 51 cap hits are the ones that count toward the salary cap for the off season. And then when you cut down to 53 players in September, that's when you go back to all 53 players counting against the cap. So effectively, uh, if you're using top 51, the Panthers have about 15 million in cap space. If you're using all the players, it's about 11 and a half million. And they're also projecting about 6.1 million in draft pool cap. Cause you're, you're, you know, with the CBA, you pretty much have set amounts as far as what the cap hits for the different picks are going to be. Like for example, uh, it'll be about, almost two and a half million in cap hit for the 16th overall pick about 1.1 million for the, for their second round pick number 47 overall and so on. So it totals about six and a half million. And again, this is before all the moves that we've talked about potentially. Uh, but really, even if you're looking at a guy like Addison, I mean, five and a half percent of the cap obviously isn't a big number. Uh, and Addison has been effective even for his age. So really no reason to believe that he's going to, he's going to go anywhere. And then really he's the only big money they have right now at the defensive end position, which is why uh, defensive end certainly is a possibility in the draft and something we've talked about uh, in the past, as far as the uh, number 16, as far as that first round pick is concerned, because the other two players listed on spot rack are Marquise Haynes and F.A. Obada. And they combine for only two thirds of a percent of the cap. Cause obviously these guys are both effectively on rookie contracts. Both, both have salaries of 570,000 coming up this year. Whereas, while Marquise Haynes also has his signing bonus, or his prorated signing bonus of one hundred thirteen thousand from his rookie contract, or Avada, Avada, just has the the contract or the base salary. So again, they only combine for about one point two million in in cap space, or about 066 percent of the cap space. But you look, you look at the way Obada played last season, and the way he really stepped up in his second year with the Panthers. He's another guy that I don't feel they're going to move on from. He's he's definitely someone that can help the Panthers win. Can come in and make plays at times, and you know this isn't necessarily a football decision, but uh, it's obviously going to be a little heartwarming later this season if Obada is on the team when the Panthers go out to London to play the Buccaneers, since we know Obata's hometown is in London. So that'll, that'll be nice to see. But uh, so at this point, there's really not a lot of money invested right now, you know, with Julius Peppers retiring. I mean, he was going to be a free agent anyway, but with him retiring uh, and then you really don't have anybody else listed here. So there's really not a lot of money tied up into, the defensive end position. They do actually have a little bit of dead money still from Deshaun Hall, of uh, about 430000 but again, that's, you know, barely nothing. That's only about a quarter of a percent of the cap.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
2: And if we move on to defensive tackle, obviously this is where the money is tied up. Specifically, uh, k1 Short, who is set to count $17 million against the cap, which is about 9% of of the cap and actually if you order order the players by percentage of cap hit, short is actually third on the list, behind only Luke Luke Keekly and Cam Newton, of course. Uh, his numbers for 2019 are a base salary of twelve and a half million dollars. Uh, he also has his Prorated signing bonus of four million dollars tacked on, plus a workout bonus of five hundred thousand dollars, and six and a half million of that twelve and a half million becomes fully guaranteed on March fifteenth, or the, which I believe is the third day of the league year. Again, it's not like they're gonna move on from him anyway. Uh, It would leave. I mean, it would save five million dollars in cap space, but let's face it—they're—they're they're not go- short isn't going anywhere, especially with uh, three years left on his contract. Uh, you know, for the record, the rest of his contract—twelve uh, million dollar—he's owed twelve million dollar salaries in 2020 and 2021. Uh, you tack on the four million dollar signing bonus in each of those years, plus a one and a half million dollar roster bonus in twenty twenty and a two million dollar roster bonus in twenty twenty one plus five hundred thousand dollar workout bonuses over the next two years. So he's set to count up again 17 million this year, then that goes to 18 million in 2020 and 18.5 million in 2021. So you know if not that I see him going anywhere anytime soon but there is the fact that if they release him in 2020 they would save 10 million in cap space and if they release him in 2021 it would save 14 and a half million in cap space but again i you know i don't really think anything is going to happen anytime soon you know that's something that we're really not going to really think about at this time i mean this is only year 3 of a of that five-year extension that he signed in 2017. Uh, But again, he's one big money player. The other, of course, is Dontari Poe, who actually would come in and actually, speaking of Addison, I I should mention that uh, while about 5.5% doesn't seem like a lot, it does actually rank fifth on the Panthers as far as uh, cap percentage hit because uh, then Matt Cleal is actually fourth, followed by Addison, and then it's actually Dantari Poe, whose cap hit is set this year at 9.3 million dollars. He's got a base salary of four and a half million, uh, his signing bonus of three and a third million, roster bonus of six hundred thousand, and a workout bonus of nine hundred thousand dollars. And similar to short two and a half of that four and a half million dollar contract becomes guaranteed also on uh, March 15th. So if they were, you know, so they would essentially have to cut them, uh, you know, if, if they were to cut them now, I guess they, it would save about uh, what, four and a half million But um, again, he's not really someone unless they, well, even if you get to the draft, I guess you're not I guess that wouldn't be a good example. I I was going to say if they draft someone and then decide to, you know, cut, cut Poe, but at that point you've already guaranteed the two and a half million. So at that point, Poe's likely going to stay on the team anyway. That being said, there is an out going into 2020 where the Panthers would save about 10 million in cap space. Should they choose to, because he is set to make a, uh, set to make a base salary of $6 million. Uh, prorated signing bonus of 3.3 million, but he's got 3.1 million in roster bonuses. He's actually, uh, I guess 600000 just like the first two years, but he's also got a $2.5 million roster bonus due on the third day of the league year of 2020. So it's possible that they could get out of post contract then before the start of next league year and save themselves $10 million in cap space. So it's possible that we could be looking at, uh, last year in Carolina for Dontari Poe, and he'll be, you know, he would be uh, 30 years old during the 2020 season. So it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, over the next couple of years. Again, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to move on from him this year, but it's reasons like this that I think a defensive tackle is very much in play uh, in the draft, especially if they move, to a 3-4 because I think you would probably move short to one of the defensive end positions. You would need someone in that, uh, you know, in that middle there. Uh, even someone like short at 30 years old, you know, eventually you're going to have to get someone young. That's why I think, and I, I just filed a piece for Panthers wire on a couple of defensive tackles that they could look at. Uh You know, Dexter Lawrence is, is a possibility Despite all the red flags, he's probably the best pure three, four nos in this class. Uh, you're also looking at guys like possibly Daylon Mack of Texas A&M, uh, Kalen Saunders. Sa- Saunders, I think, would be a really good possibility in the middle rounds. I mean, he's, he's not as big as some of these players. But he just gets after you. He's very athletic. He's very aggressive at the line of scrimmage. You know, I really liked what I saw. You know, we we saw his athletic ability just from the, all those backflips he did after one of the practices at the Senior Bowl. So I think Saunders is definitely a guy to to keep an eye on, and I think Mac is as well. Uh, but that piece should be coming out probably later today. Over at, uh, at Panthers Wire. In fact, it might already, it might already be up as I'm, uh, as I'm recording this now, uh, early Friday afternoon, but, um... But if we continue to look, so again, those are essentially the two big money players at the defensive tackle position, but again, also kind of on the aging side, both about uh, 30 years old. Uh, the only other players they have listed on here, or there's three other players rather, next would be Vernon Butler, about $2.6 in cap hit, but we know Butler's been a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, And if we look at his contract and see how much they would possibly save if they get rid of him this year, uh, he would save about 1.6 million in cap space. Should they move on from him? And don't forget now with Butler, you're entering the time where the Panthers have to decide if they're going to pick up the fifth year option on him. Um, Granted, I don't think they will. I I would if, if I had to guess right now, I would say the Panthers are probably not going to pick up the option unless you know they feel they could give him maybe a short extension or just give him a cheap deal to continue to be kind of a a rotational piece. Cause I mean it's it's not like he's really lived up to his first round status. Uh, so it would not surprise me if the Panthers decide to decline the uh, fifth-year option, which they have until May or early May to figure out what they're going to do. But uh, as, as far as 2019 goes, he's set to make about 1.6 million in base salary, plus his prorated signing bonus of about 1.07 million. Uh, so that's where the 1.6 million in cap savings would come from just from the the base salary obviously the signing bonus would be dead money so i mean i i could see i could see the panthers sticking with him for one more year especially with how thin they are right now i mean you know they they very well could re-sign a guy like Kyle Love who is set to be a free agent but other than that they are Pretty thin, I think, of the defense the defensive tackle position. So that's another reason why I think at some point, probably in the draft, D-tackle has to be addressed. I mean, even just looking at all the, you know, Butler only about, uh, you know, he'll be 25 years old this season. All the other D-tackles that are on the roster right now, like I said, are about 30 or so. Kyle Love is like about 34, so you, you've got to get younger there, and that, that's why, you know, I, I think we'll see one more year of Butler. But uh, again, it, it wouldn't surprise me if this is his last year with uh, with the team. And then the other two players listed are Woodrow Hamilton and Elijah Qualls, both at essentially the bare minimum at five hundred seventy thousand. So obviously, a decent amount of money invested into the position. Uh, not a ton though, but. You know, it kind of balances out because you've got two of your top six players in terms of uh, salary cap hits or percentage of the salary cap that these players take up. Uh, you've got Short again at number three, or actually, I should say three of the six if we're talking the entire defensive line. You've got Short at number three, Addison at five, and Poe at six. But then all the other players are very low as far as their cap cap hit is concerned. So even if they draft someone pretty high, it's not going to be a major uh, financial hit and we'll give some, give them someone cheap to have a, a new young uh, development type to kind of take them into the future after some of these players are gone. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to watch, uh, watch some of these, uh, you know, how they, how they invest in the defensive line this off season, because really I think this is definitely one of the positions that they, like like I said, this is one that I think they have to kind of address. It's just a matter of, you know, are they going to go out and get, get somebody on the free agent market? You know, if if we look at, uh, we look at some of the free agents here on spot rack and on over the cap, because again, This is also an interesting kind of setup, the way they have it to look at some of the some of the free agents. Uh, In fact, over the cap, I'll say I like over the cap as well. In terms of they list the players by position and you know the the type of free agent they are, their current. And ranking them by, uh, you know, you could rank them by age, by the percentage of snaps they played in 2018, their current, or or what their average per year numbers were in their last contract and their guarantees. So, uh, defensive tackles could be looking. You're looking at guys like Sheldon Richardson, who played about 70 percent of the snaps for the Vikings, uh, was about eight million per year. Brandon Mebane was only about four and a half million per year. In his contract with the Chargers, but only played about forty percent of the snaps. Uh, I mean, if, if you're looking for, uh, I mean, hello, is on there, but that's if you're looking for like a a one-year kind of stopgap player as a as a rotational piece. Uh, Jonathan Hankins is on here. Again, they could always re-sign Kyle Love if they wanted to. Uh if you're looking at 3-4D tackles, considering if the Panthers want to switch over to uh the 3-4, I mean he cost a lot of money, but they have Sue right up there at the top of the list. Uh Betty Logan will be on the market, D'Amato Pecco of the Broncos. Um, and if you go down the list, even again some 4 3s, Malcolm Brown of the Patriots, if they don't bring him back. Uh so there's there's some names you know, maybe more name value than anything with some of these players, but there's some guys out there that if they want to kind of touch up through free agency. And then I mentioned some guys as far as uh, the draft is concerned, you know, if, even if we look at four, three, you know, they're, I don't think they're going to get the cream of the crop as far as defensive ends go, which is DeMarcus Lawrence. I don't think they're really going to have uh, the money for him, but, uh, you know maybe they go after someone like Vinnie Curry who just got released by the Buccaneers actually Vinnie Curry is free to sign now if he wanted to because he was cut by the Buccaneers uh you know and another again i don't know if they're going to have the money for him but another kind of prize free agent as far as the defensive ends go is going to be Brandon Graham of the Eagles and i think he's definitely going to be sought after the way he kind of revitalized his career over the last couple seasons. So de- defensive line is going to be very, very interesting to watch with how the Panthers play around with it and how they try to add depth and get younger uh, with this roster. Uh, but that's kind of a look right now at the defensive line outlook for the Panthers. So we only got a couple units to go. We'll, Next time we'll look at linebackers, and then we've got uh, the secondary, and then specialists, and then that should uh, that should wrap this whole baby up. Uh, before we get out of here, I did mention at the top that I wanted to give a shout out to one of our buddies over at the at the Locked On Network, because of course he's got your breaking news for you. That's Cody Rourke over at Locked On Broncos, because of course the big trade from yesterday. Or from Wednesday, rather. Like I said, I got my days all mixed up, but it was Wednesday. The big news, of course, that the Ravens and Broncos had an agreement in principle to send Joe Flacco to the Denver Broncos for what I think I've seen some say is maybe a fourth-round pick. Obviously, the trade isn't official and can't be done until the league year starts in March. But obviously, it's not the first time. We've seen this happen. I mean, it just it just happened last year when the when the forty or when the Chiefs traded Alex Smith to the Redskins. The news was the news was broke in February that they had the deal in place. Obviously, it couldn't go through until March. So, similar situation here. Joe Flacco on his way to the Denver Broncos. Uh, so, of course, check out Cody with Locked On Broncos for his take on. What the move, you know, what the move means for the Broncos. Uh, my quick take: it's maybe a little bit of an upgrade, just because it's, you know, you're going from Case Keenum to Joe Flacco, but not a major. Not, I don't know if it's really a major upgrade, but at least, you know, you obviously have that experience and the Super Bowl experience. But I don't think this necessarily will stop the Broncos from taking a quarterback in the draft, particularly in the first round. I still believe there's a chance that they could go after someone like Drew Locke with that 10th pick or maybe even trade up for Drew Locke or whichever whichever quarterback that that is. You know, Joe Flacco really is, uh, I mean, obviously he's, he's an effective guy, but at this point I think it's going to be similar to what they were getting with Case Keenum last year, and that's kind of a, stopgap type quarterback. Now, Joe Flacco does have three years remaining on his contract, but I mean, he is going to be 34 years old and he's got some big cap hits coming. Uh, he set to count 26 and a half million against the cap, uh, next season. That was what that includes an 18 and a half million dollar, uh, million dollar base salary. Now, the Ravens, of course, will take on the uh, prorated signing bonus. So, actually, I take that back. The twenty-six and a half million would have been uh, had they had they kept him. The Broncos, it sounds like, uh, or the Broncos, if I'm looking at this right now, will only take on the essentially just the, the salaries. Yeah, because all Joe Flacco really had left were his prorated signing bonuses that he had just two years left on. Uh, but it's still pretty big salaries, $18.5 eighteen and a half million in twenty nineteen, twenty and a quarter million in twenty twenty, and twenty four and a quarter million in twenty twenty one. And none of that is guaranteed. So effectively, the Broncos could cut Flacco next year and save twenty million against the cap. Or 2021 and save 24 million against the cap. So again, that's why I don't necessarily think this will this will stop him. And yeah, spot yeah, Spotterac has the numbers. Again, they just take on the the base salaries. Uh, so I, I don't believe this will stop the, the Broncos from taking a quarterback, especially in the first round. But at least the early outlook is at least. Gives them somewhat of an upgrade in 2019, and gives them maybe a little bit more of a stable bridge. But again, maybe not much of one, but a little bit more than what they had in Case Keenum. Uh, but again, go you know listen to Cody for uh, more in depth his more in depth thoughts on this trade. That was just kind of my quick take. On this piece, uh, but that'll do it here for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, and that'll do it for this week. Like I said, I hope you guys had a good week. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Check us, check the podcast out, of course, on Google Podcasts and Apple, and of course, if you have a smart speaker or have in your house or in your car, uh, you could tell your smart speaker to play podcast whatever podcast you want to listen to. And as always, follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Setti. That's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And until next time, I am out of here. Take care, my friends, and we'll see you next time right here on L-O-P.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.